Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello dear listeners, welcome to a new episode of the Partido Partido podcast where we talk everything a little. It's been a while since we recorded an episode and that's due to some technical difficulties we are, I am having given I'm still a student and rest but hopefully we are here and thank God we can now give you guys what you guys want. So um, since we last recorded um, there have been tragic news and we have um, Korea's mom passing away due to cancer, and I myself and the, on the guest on today's show, which is Emiliano, we offer our condolences to Korea and his family. And we know Korea's history with cancer and how sorry, yeah, know his history with his health issues and how he battled that and survived that, and he has given his all for Aditi, and it must be that it must be tough for him. And it was a great gesture from Molina in the last game, dedicating his goal to his fellow Argentine national team player, which was great. And we also have the disaster which happened in Turkey, which was an earthquake. And the team played a friendly game midweek. And well, the loss, but that wasn't really important. It was, was the club doing a good gesture that is trying to give charity help those in need. It was good. So, Amy, Alitia, back playing a little play the midweek game which was like a four hours flight to Turkey that's eight hours in the air for the players and back for a great course and so many would have thought hey Aliti has a mid game and it's not the Champions League sorry it was like I said a great choice so Amy what's your opinion on the club playing a game for for helping others but Looking at the sporting perspective, it was mid-season and Alicia are fighting for something and we know that something is the second spot and is good from the club, but maybe at the wrong time. Uh, well, I think that, as you say, it was a good gesture from the club. It's a, a charity game for, game for the victims of the earthquake in Turkey, so it was a good reason to play this game. But yes, from a sporting perspective, I don't know if it was the best decision. Probably it would have been better to play the, uh, the game at the end of the season or to find another solution. But I think that to play the game in Turkey, long trip, in the middle of the season, yes, we aren't playing Champions League, but if you told me we are playing Champions League, well, you are running the risk in a competitive game in which we are looking for a trophy or an objective. In this case, you risk the players. Now we got Savage injured and Lemar also having some physical difficulties for a game in which uh, you didn't play for anything other than uh, a good gesture, which is always nice. Uh, we know the, that the club, ha- we all love this club because it has these kind of values, but we also have to understand the moment in the season we are in that is probably the most important moment in order to end up securing our objectives so we can't we shouldn't have risked in my opinion the the health of our players uh, making such a long trip and playing a, a game in which i think also 
Besiktas took with a lot more intensity than we did. Well, Amy, like you said, and I agree with you on that, on what you just said, wasn't really wise from a sporting perspective. So it was a midweek game, like I said, but it wasn't a champion league game. It was for a good cause. So we have to dive into things and talk about Aleti. So we are going to talk about um, the last games. Aleti have won the, five, the last five games pretty well, good performances. Did very well at tough grounds that like, did win at Montelevi, beat Valencia and Sevi comfortably. And those two teams have been a latest rival for years, even though this season both are fighting relegation. And then um, you have the prior game, which was really, really good performance, like Cholo said, from the first to the 17th minute. And after that, well, it's not a little if things come easy because we kind of make things tough for ourselves. We missed a couple of chances. We were not clinical in the in front of goal in the final third. We were not decisive. A lot of things. But looking at overall perspective, we got the win two points behind rivals Real Magic, who have other things to focus on. So that can play straight into us. So, Amy, um, over these five games, and maybe talking about the Rio game specifically, what are some of the things or the trends, tactics that you think um, Cholo has now been using? consistently because we have seen the overall performance of the team and that's great because it was like you said we are in a vital part of the season which is towards the end of the season and this is like a crucial moment and be having this type of form at this moment is really really key so what are those things you think um, cholo has sweat or maybe those things he has emphasized on or touch so that the team's performances have improved as they have well, first of all, uh, I think that we have to point out that in this uh, these last five games, uh, the the game before that was against Real Madrid. Before these five was the game in which we lost such an important player as Reinildo. That also made us change the system. We got a after Reinildo got injured, we had to move back to a line of five, and um, with Hermoso sort of making more. Uh, the kind of job Reynildo had, uh, and I think uh, since Hermoso moving into that role, he has even improved more, which has helped a lot the team uh, on the ball in the build-up. I think um, also we started to see a better version until the injury uh, in the inter- during the international break from the from Memphis. I think we we saw the best games from him uh, in that game against Sevilla. He was fantastic. Uh, although he missed some clear chances, I think that against Girona, uh, he also had a very good performance, uh, linking up very well with Griezmann. And I think uh, what the team has improved the most on, I would say, it was the the defensive area of the team weren't considering that many chances uh, as we did before. I think uh, since the World Cup, the approach from the team has got closer to the idea Simeone has always had to be a very intense team, to manage well the counter-attacking parts, uh, to be a very direct team on the ball. Um, I think we, we have been doing this in the past games. Against Rayo, we saw, especially in the second half. In the first half, I think the performance, especially until our first goal, the goal from Molina, the, our performance was being a little bit rough. We were uh, having issues to overpass uh, Rayo's high, press, high pressing. Uh, they did that part of the game very well. I think the first minutes, Koke and the ball looked very uncomfortable. Once we scored those two goals very fast, I think. Koke started to assemble himself more in the game, to start to have more influence, and in that moment, the, the our game improved completely. And in the second half, I think we managed very well uh, the situation of uh, waiting a little bit more uh, in a low block and making the most out of our counter-attacks. Rayo looked very weak defensively in that sense um, and we had the chances to not just score one but to score 
one or uh, to score two or three more goals. We didn't take the the chances, so we ended up suffering a little bit once. Uh, Garcia scored for Rayo, so overall, I think uh, that of not having made the most out, out of our chances is something we have to work on, especially uh, because uh, soon we're going to play against Barcelona, that we saw already in, at the Metropolitano that the chances they have, they score them. So in order to be competitive against them, you need to score the ones you have. So that's something you you have to look towards improving or to or for the players to be more calm in that situation. But I think the, the team has been showing a lot of character, has been uh, showing uh, a lot of uh, spirit, and I think uh, we have improved a lot in the, in the different phases of the game, in the build-up with, the, with this role of Hermoso turning into a left-back in a line of four when we attack with Carrasco and Llorente as wingers. And uh, with Koke making the most out of, of the situation and getting the team to heights we probably haven't seen ever since we won the league. Well, um, you just made some very, very good points. Like you mentioned, most of the players you mentioned are the players who have really had an opt-in form. And something we are going to talk about later is emotion. We are going to talk about his role, his having in the team. But um, something um, I think it's been similar, even though we lost Renudo, has been the fact that, um, like you said, we have been solid defensively and we are defending more as a unit. And... I don't want to keep on repeating this, but it looks like the team are like united. They are more close together. I think we can all remember when Hemoso went to protect this man from the fans. It was like the dressing room, the atmosphere around Aleti was toxic. But all of a sudden, after the January transfer window, things are really good and we are seeing it on the pitch. And that's really been fantastic. And um, you mentioned that we have improved in offices of play, and that was really visible against Rayo because, like we talked about, we struggled in um, bypassing their high press earlier on in the game but what was really fantastic was we have now Hermoso which was like he was like the game solver and each time the ball goes to him obviously he's on the touchline that's like a pressing trigger for Rayo to like catch him out but you have him just sliding those passes breaking their lives into Griezmann which was great and the goal that he scored was just fantastic that's the counter-attacking play that was brilliant one of the best goals counter-attacking goals I think I've ever seen even though um, the Rayo player like kind of had a touch on it, but the play was swift, it was incisive, it was really, really good. Um, Amy, um, talking about maybe, like you said, um, there are some things Cholo has changed and we have improved so much. And um, Cholo made a comment by saying, um, Koke is like one of the best um, um, tactical players we have. And I think we all, all La Liga fans can agree on that because the way his brain works is just magnificent. Um, we want now, um, like moving towards like the rules the players have had in this like new setup because we are having Koke playing like deeper, like he did in the title winning season. And you have Cholo saying when Koke is when his brain is thinking fast, when he's up for it, when he's good, the team plays well. And we all know that the um, when Koke used to have like his spells of injuries, and we know a little struggle, and when he's deep in form, a little also struggle, but now he's he's back in form. I want, I want to just ask you this what do you think is like? Koke's best role at the moment or where he's playing, is it good? Or you think maybe he needs to be playing maybe alongside someone like we said in the past, like Cholo also said, the journalist complained about the fact that he does not have legs? Um, well, I think that in the role he's playing right now, he's performing really well. Um, he is uh, the player that I think that can adapt more to what the team needs in the pivot nowadays. Uh, because uh, Witzel, I think, gives his best playing as a sort of libero in a line of three, where he has more time to think and more time to move, because he is a player that after the, in the injuries he had, it uh, seems like he plays at a lower pace. So. I don't see him uh, with the physical capacities to play a whole game at a, in a high-paced game. Uh, I see similar to what happened with Herrera, that when we saw him playing against teams that gave you this pace, 
was very important playing there as a pivot, but in games where the intensity is higher, he struggled. I think with with Bitzel, it's sort of that, and with Kondogbia, personally, I have made it. I, I think I have said it in episodes before here. He's not a player I like the most. I think that he's very inconsistent to play in a position in which consistency is the most important thing. Maybe it's better to always play uh, a decent game than to play one game excellent and another game bad. That is the case with Kondogbia. He's always taking a lot of risks on the ball and his positioning all, uh, many times is lacking in order to and give the the team the, the defensive security needed. I think on the other case, on the other hand, we have Koke that, as you said, maybe physically he can't cover all the space you want uh, people to cover. So you have to be, uh, our center backs have to be very aggressive in order to compensate for that so that there aren't many spaces uh, around Koke's back that the other team can take advantage of and I think uh, how Jimenez has been playing lately that has raised his, his level and the version of Hermoso after World Cup is helping and uh, that the main issues Koke uh, could have playing as a pivot aren't seen that much and that the things that we can take advantage of Koke as a pivot that is everything he does on the ball especially uh, is exploded to to the maximum it can be exploded. So I think that is what uh, has made the team a lot better on the ball and off the ball because you have two aggressive centre-backs uh, taking care of Koke's back and you have Koke in the build-up that always finds the, the right pass to that, that the, the play is asking for. So I think that's what explains uh, in a way uh, how the team has improved uh, in the last games well me i think you are spot on there and you just like said everything because um, like one of the main tasks of a manager one of the things managers try to achieve is to build a system that brings out the best of players and marks their weaknesses and that's what we have seen cholo has done after the world cup and like you said having aggressive and proactive center backs in Savish and Jose Maria is kind of helping Max Koke's weakness, which is legs to cover ground. And because one of my fears in the rival game was, I, mean, I think in the first 15 minutes when um, a ball was like Rayo's, they usually do their white triangles where you have either the create space for an overlapping run and a cross into the box, or you have one of their wingers, which in this case was um, Fran, I think making an underlapping run and then a ball was played to him but luckily Josema was there to cover it and Cookie was the one supposed to trap that run but that's just an example of how the system maxes Cookie's weakness and after I think if in the past five games let's say I won if you watch um, I'm sorry excuse me if you look at them um, like the passing map and you see it's like you have Cookie in the middle and everything goes to him and like you said he adds a lot of value of what Aleti on of Aleti's possession and that was I think maybe many Aleti fans can remember the game we played at home against Celta and there was a, go a goal, which I think the fourth goal where he kind of like played a ping pong pass, like give pass, pass, pass to beat Celta to press. And when they press, he was able to break their line. So that just shows what Koke can do. So Koke is one of the players whose levels have improved after the World Cup. So um, Amy, another player which, who Cholo himself talked about the improvement was Molina. Even he himself says um, when, he first came, when he first came to the team, Kind of struggled to struggle adapting to the system because you know at um, Udinese you have him closer to the penalty area, hungry for goals, scoring goals. It was because one of his best abilities attacking space. But at I had to adjust, and we can all remember his first game where it wasn't so great and made a mistake that caused Aliti against Villarreal as well. So. He has come a long way and Cholo has really said and, and that shows that fans have to be patient when a new signing comes because it's like a new environment, especially in his case, a new country. But now he has adapted and everything seems to be going for him. And also during the title win winning season, we have that dynamics of Lorente and Trippier, which Trippier was at least right back at that time. But now we are seeing that his his combination or his synergy with um, Lorente, it's, it's quite good at the moment. And that's been positive for Aleti and also 
for both of them because we are seeing the best version of of Molina. So, do you think um, because Molina is quite young, do you think his game can evolve further and he can give more to the team from what you have seen his development? Because there are certain things I have seen him doing, like in the game against Club Bush in the Champions League, trying to track those passes, those are in the needle passes from deeper areas, which is something we saw with Trippier. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I think that with Molina, the main issue before the World Cup was the lack of confidence he had. He found himself, although Molina developed at Boca Academy, he hadn't had the situation in which he got to play regularly for Boca's first team. So he had to go alone to Defensive Justicia, a smaller club. Then he made the jump to a mid-table club like Udinese in Italy. and he found himself in the situation for the first time of playing at a big club. Although he already had the experience of, of playing for a, a national team at which there is a lot of pressure, like uh, the Argentine national team, I think that situation of finding himself at a bigger and more exigent club with having a bad, a bad first game and all the criticism he received for that, I think that he struggled a bit to find confidence. With the World Cup, after having, especially I think, uh, after the group stage, in the knockout stages, quite good performances, scoring even important goals like he did against Netherlands, I think, and being a world champion with all that implies, I think that all that gave him the confidence he was lacking. And I think Simeone has done great in, uh, in some aspects of improving his game. I think defensively he has improved uh, since he arrived. And then what you say on the ball, uh, he's giving more that sort of Trippier-esque passes uh, that make Llorente so important in the decision in which we won the league. And I think Molina improving and giving more of that uh, game department of the passing of those deep passes to break lines also made Llorente's version after the World Cup improve a lot because in the first half of the season we saw a very underwhelming Llorente besides few games like I don't know I think it was Sevilla away and not much more he was playing uh, really bad I think that since the World Cup Molina's improvement has also helped Llorente find a version not as decisive as, as it was during the league season, but a closer version to that. A player that arrives more to to this to game-defining situations that uh, is able to reach more the closer to the to the goal line to cross and can create more danger attacking spaces with Molina's assists. I think that all that made Aleti a lot more dangerous in the right side, which is also compensating for how underwhelming it has been in the left side because of how poor Carrasco has been recently. Well, um, yes, like you said, Carrasco has really been underperforming on the left because um, Aleti's right side, you have um, quick and direct attack that's why Leti generate the most chances for man most teams are wary of that so they always try to block that by having numerical superiority that's having more men on that side and that always leaves the other side which you do not have Carrasco which he provides the width and and that is being created for him because Cholo believes in his qualitative superiority because Carrasco is a very good dribbler He's very good in one v one situation, but him underperforming is kind of letting the team down because it kind of makes a little predictable at times because the right hand side has been blocked and when we create now a one v one on the left, we cannot capitalize on that because of Carrasco's poor form. But um, he's been improving as the season has progressed, but he's still far from his best because we know what Carrasco can do, but he's not yet there, and we are all hoping for that Carrasco we saw. And the title winning season that Carrasco we saw in the Champions League winning final. So hopefully things can get better for Carrasco. And back to um, Lorente Molina partnership. Um, when we signed Lorente Molina, sorry, I was very, very excited because uh, we kind of finally have a right back now. We have two PS placement. But then when I get to know the guy more, I discovered that he has similar, similar characteristics with him. Um, Lorente, which is attacking space, that player who arrives. But now 
seeing how things have developed and how Chulu has molded him, I'm very, very happy for him because his characteristics now, like you said, he's now gaining confidence, which is great. And like you mentioned, the World Cup it's not, was not really great in the group stages, but after the group stages, it become very vital. And that's something Cholo also mentioned that in the first part of the season, he lacked inconsistency due to him lacking confidence in himself. And he seems to have gotten that now and known his teammate better and his partnership with Olympic can only get better from there. So, um, Amy, another player who has improved is Oblak. Because we have talked about Lorente benefiting from Molina's improvement, and now you have Oblak. It's true that um, Savish and Josema have been there, and the defense is now steady. We are now seeing Oblak like, getting there. Because I believe this version of Oblak is good, but we know what Oblak can do because in the 30s winning season, he was making miracles. So, is it only due to the fact that the defense is now steady and the team are defending well that Oblak's levels have improved, or maybe he's gotten his head now back into the game? Um, well, I think uh, in the case of Oblak, was never a matter of having his mind out of the game. I think he has always been a quite professional player and a player that has always seemed to give his best for the club. But I think. Uh, when things start to go on wrong and they continuously are going wrong, you start to lose your confidence. And confidence is uh, very important for a goalkeeper. So I think All Black's confidence has uh, grown in the last uh, couple of games with the, three, the team improving defensively. As you start to to improve defensively, you concede less chances, you have uh, more clean sheets, and that starts to grow Oblak's confidence. And that growth in his confidence starts to show us his best version. But I wouldn't say his best version because he has been better than what he has been now. But we start to see more the Oblak we have always known, a, goal, a goalkeeper that is uh, uh, a keeper capable of making uh, miracle saves, a uh, goalkeeper that although isn't uh, the kind of goalkeeper that will take a lot of risks um, trying to cut crosses and all that, he starts to do all that a little bit more when he's confident. And we start to see a goalkeeper that um, leads the back line. I think that we have seen recently a, a version of Oblak that is more of a leader, uh, that organizes more the backline. I think that when he was more uh, doubtful in, in his confidence, he wasn't doing that so much either. So I think confidence was what boosted so much Oblak's level after the World Cup. Well, hopefully Oblak can keep that form right up to the end of the season because it will be needed for Aleti if they want to clinch second spot. And like we just mentioned, the form of that of Josema and Savish have improved as well and that's great for the team. So moving on, um, Amy, there's one player who we mentioned that his, his form has improved and that's him also, but it's not good down to him because we wanted to talk more detailed about what he does for the team, what has changed. And um, I think some weeks ago there was um, um, an article on like, Mundo Deportivo, if I'm not mistaken, which talked about the conversation Cholo had with him also. Because Cholo values what he brought to the title winning season. And Cholo knows that he is Aleti's best ball playing center back. With the ball, him also is a very good player. And we are seeing that now, like he was able to help Aleti bypass. Rayo's press on several occasions, and that's the Hermoso we know. And Cholo was like, um, Mario, we know what you can do, and we know how good you are with the ball, but you kind of lose your cool fast because you know him also when things are not going for him, he's kind of loses his cool, he becomes rash, takes silly yellow cards. But we have seen that it's now changed, and though he's not at the level of being a, like let's say defender as good as savage but his defending has improved which is great overall for the team because i for one i think the weakest side of Alexis defense is the left side because you have 
Carrasco and also and the Paul there, and that was all Rayo targeted in the game. But hopefully, Josema was there to come across and cover things for a little, which was fantastic. So you also have him now being confident enough to be a leader when Aliti have the ball. You have him demanding the ball, doing things that are really, really what a modern defender do, and that is fantastic. So can you please um, tell us more on how his role has changed within the team and how that has impacted the team and also his form? Uh, well, I think, as you say, the importance Hermoso has for the team is mainly due to his ball-playing skills. I think, especially that when you are playing with three centre-backs, you at least need one that can do what Hermoso does. And when you don't have that, it's very missed in the build-up because basically you are creating a superiority. You ain't making a, you ain't, you ain't really taking an advantage of in that uh, first build-up phase unless you have a player that can do what Hermoso does on the ball, that is uh, changing the direction of the game with a lot uh, of the action with a long ball, breaking lines. Uh, even in his ball carrying skills, I think he's above. Uh, Savic and Jimenez and of course Reynildo. So I think in that sense he has added a lot to our build-up and as you say he's looking cooler than what he was looking before. We have always known Hermoso uh, for being a very uh, a player that gets upset, annoyed and can in any moment leave you with a player uh, down because maybe in a moment of the game in which uh, I remember for example against Real Madrid in the first derby of the season at home when we scored actually he was the one that his that scored we also have to say that that Hermoso has always been a player that scores important goals but in the moment in which we were starting to push Madrid he got into a fight with Carvajal and got sent off so he's the kind of player that would do that. Now he's looking cooler, not just in on the ball, but also in terms of his behavior on the pitch, which is always something uh, we all uh, got scared of every time he started. And I think uh, we have been seeing a version of Hermoso we haven't seen probably since the first five uh, or six months of the season we won the league, in which he, yes, he was also very important. In a similar in a similar role also to the one he's having now, because in that uh, in that season we would also see that when attacking Hermoso would many times play as a left back in a line of four with uh, Trippier, Savage and Jimenez, and when defending, yes, he covers that left centre back position. So I think getting back into that role. Uh, into that situation in which uh, you can get the best out of him because then as you say defensively although he has been great or good um, more than great because I wouldn't say he has been that great defensively um, I think that in that role we are being able to get the best out of him and I think that's the main merit uh, of Simeone in the last months but I think Although this squad isn't perfect, although this squad uh, has a lot of things that they should correct during the summer window, I think that he has built a context for players like Hermoso to perform uh, closer to the to their best uh, possible form. Well, like he does great for Chulo and we all know the type of manager Chulo is he's the type of manager who can build a wall out of a brick and that's what he's doing at the moment because like you said the squad has a lot of weaknesses but he has been able to build a team or come up with a strategy that's able to max those weaknesses and like you said it, it involves playing him also in a back three offering him more protection speaking to him playing cookie in, in front of Two aggressive defenders to cover his weaknesses of legs. We also have 
lot of things which he has done like for example playing the ball like he does not have to have face a lot of 1v1s like i think the last when i were playing sorry carrasco on the left doesn't have to face a lot of 1v1s because you have the ball the left sided midfielder coming to help him defend so that's been fantastic on Trudeau's part and hopefully things continue and like you said Emoso is a great defender three goals this season in 14 games is not bad but you have that with two records which came at crucial moment in the game like you mentioned the derby but that's the most of the past and now we can enjoy super mario of the present um so moving on amy um alexis signed um memphis in january i invited um a guest and he came and he talked about we talked about him um, him um, and my view of what memphis could offer was was um, um, how can i say i would say it's different because of what um simon mentioned he mentioned that memphis reminds me of course and what came to my brain or trying to think about the scenarios and that was about memphis's back to goal game because it's fantastic and it's one of the best in the world and we have when he first came to la liga i'm going to mention this again he's, he had inigo martinez one of the best defenders in the league and he just spawned him off which was great and he scored a fantastic goal for me tight angle so emi um, what do you think the impact memphis has had because he actually has introduced him to the team gradually and we have seen him gone from one stage to another improving in his physicality and also able to improve certain things and we have seen him kind of had have this um, good associative play with the players like linking up with them but then all of a sudden despite it was good and we have uh, the game against um, I think Valencia where Aleti played really well, but he missed a lot of chances and he himself was angry himself, but he played well. So he was doing well and then all of a sudden he goes for the international break and coming back and he has injured. So what do you think he has the impact he has had on the team and how does that affect Morata? Because Morata has been decent all season. Uh, well, first of all, I think that what we have to point out of Memphis that has been very important uh, for what he has given to the team, in my opinion, is that since the first day uh, he got the chance to, he got the offer from the club, he always showed how much he wanted to be here. And I think that was very important in the sense of making the, the team uh, show the passion they have showed recently. I think, I don't know which player it was that recently talked about how the players that are now at the team are the ones that want to be at the club. And I think Memphis also transmitted that spirit towards the team. And I then think, uh, well, at first he arrived uh, in a bad shape. He himself said that at Barca he wasn't getting the, the sort of training he needed in order to be in his best shape. At Atleti, it seems like they have uh, changed that. And... I think since the first day, what he added was a great link-up play. We all know about his capacities not to pivot. He he understands himself very well with Griezmann. I think they they always know what the other is gonna do. So they they none of of the two is a target man or a player that will fix defenders. And when you play with both of them, it's more like you are not giving a reference to mark to the center backs. So they they change positions and they understand when the other one is going to uh, move towards that position to attack the other one, to carry the defender out of position and attack the the hole left in the defense as it happened. For example, against Athletic Bilbao, that when Memphis came on, there was that situation in which Griezmann scored, in which uh, Memphis carried very well. I think it was the mark of Danny Vivian and that created the space for Griezmann to attack the, the, that hole there was in the defense, in which uh, Memphis also pivoted very well to leave Griezmann in a position in which he was comfortable to finish, and that's how the goal came. And I think uh, that Memphis is, is going to give us that compared to, to Morata. Morata is more a player that uh, will have less involvement uh, outside of the box in in the link-up play, in the capacity to exchange uh, positions with Griezmann uh, and I think um, he 
uh, will add less in that sense, so will depend also in what you are looking for for each game. So I think none of the two is way above the level of each other, so they are always going to be competing for the for the spot in the starting eleven, which is great for the team. I think Morata also, uh, we have seen him recently coming better from the bench than starting, so also the possibility of having Morata in the bench and to come on in the last 25-30 uh, minutes uh, is another web, offensive weapon the team has. Uh, with the arrival of Memphis, and I think uh, that uh, we has we still haven't seen the best version of Memphis. I think that we are gonna see an even bet better version of himself uh, next season because, well, now he had this injury when he arrived was a little bit of shape. Then he got into a better shape, but I, I still think he he hasn't got into his best shape. So. With a precision with Profertega at the club, I think he's going to find uh, the version uh, we all saw at Lyon. That was a very explosive player that could be dangerous in the one-on-one, -on -one, that has a great link-up play, that can pivot, that, can, that understands uh, very well himself with Griezmann, which is also very important for the team because Griezmann is our... Uh, offensive leader and reference so to have a player that un understands himself so well with Griezmann is always going to be important for the team and I think uh, looking farther to to the future to have got a player of Memphis uh, quality and capacities for such a small uh, price tag was a very good business for the club and uh, probably we're going to find a better striker than him that is affordable according to the financial limits the club has. Well, Emil, like you just said, um, Barcelona, like, they are like, um, they, they like giving to Aleti. You know, they are like um, Santa Claus when it comes to Aleti. They like giving up. They gave us Villa, they gave us Suarez, and now they have given us Memphis. Well, hopefully they will not give us Lewandowski, but they can give us Pedri. That's just me <laughs> dreaming. Okay, um, back to the point. Um, you talked about Memphis. You talked about um, we are going to see the best version of himself, and that's something Cholo has said. Cholo said that's what he discussed with him, that he liked that version of Memphis at Lyon because he, he was the reference point. And like we said, the one of the best things I think Memphis has, especially when he left United, is discovering the type of player he is and playing to his strengths. And I was chatting with him. Um, someone on twitter and he was like he's he's fully following memphis case because it's interesting because at leon best game because he was a reference point everything goes through him but at Haliti, it's not the same and i find i found that really great because um i think an aspect of memphis game which i've seen just like trying to develop over the those few games he has played is the fact that he has realized that yeah the Haliti, he's not going to be the reference point even though he can interchange with this man at them and they can link up for the benefit of the team, but is that those off the ball runs? And I think in the game against Valencia, there was a moment where he kind of made that run and Hermoso picked him out. And I was like, Yeah, this reminded me of the title winning season when Hermoso was able to pick out Suarez's running behind the defense, and it was great. Like you said, he is a very quality player. What he brings to the team, especially for the fee we bought for him. Oh, Barcelona, football club Barcelona. Well, when it comes to dealing with them, I think I like them. It's very great, and like you said, for that few, we cannot find a striker that is of his quality or who can give that thing because Memphis has so many good qualities. Like you said, he can pivot, as he can pin centre back, good back to goal game. He's very good at linking up, very good in tight spaces, associative play. He's also good from the penalty spot, and we know Aliti's history of penalties, and that now brings me to the point, Amy. Aliti are without a penalty this season, despite all the numerous amount of penalties we have seen this season in La Liga, the red cards here and there. Why do you think Aliti, or in your opinion, what is the reason why Aliti has not had a penalty? Because there have been some good calls. Well, it's hard to find another reason other than thinking there is something against us uh, or in the federation or in the league. Because to be honest, we are the one of the team, the teams that creates more offensively. I have seen many 
fans from other clubs say it is because we don't uh, attack, that we don't get penalties, which is clearly wrong and can be proved by by stats. With just uh, stats backing it, you know that Atleti is one of the teams that attacks the most in the league. And I don't find a reason, a logical reason, for which uh, there isn't anything other than they don't like us or something. Because against, I remember against Betis, a possible pen against Morata that in a lot of games they have given. In this case, it wasn't given. Uh, I remember another pen on Morata that was very clear against Getafe. That it, I don't know what they had to what had to happen uh, to get that pen because and Geneda Conam grabbed Morata like I don't know as if he was a sort of garbage bag you know so I don't know why that wasn't called a pen and then there were many more situations during the season that deserved uh, getting called a pen so yeah personally the thought I have is they must not like us or there must be an interest uh, behind Aleti not doing well, because uh, it, it is impossible to explain any other reason that could be logical for which we ain't getting the pens every other uh, team in the league has been getting. Well, um, like you said, it's really hard to pinpoint, it, except for the reason yeah, you have been, because I cannot believe there have been 90 penalties in this season, and Aleti who don't only really have test but the third best attack in the league but are also in the top five of teams of touches in the penalty area it's quite of hard to pinpoint exactly where because like you said there have been so many calls it's like that against getafe which was clear and those are the ones after the world cup and before the world cup there are so many more so like you said it's hard to pinpoint and you, we all know aliti gill has been very vocal on the federation about refrain and he has even proposed a new a new something to the federation which is like before the games, let the refrain for the match be be like uh, make public the day of the game. So I think that is very good because he said it's going to reduce um, a lot of pressure on the referee, and that's true. But we also know there may be other things like, for example, we know about the this bribery scandal of Barcelona, which is not yet conclusive, but it's still going on. So there are a lot of things in which he can solve, and we know Alita has been very vocal against the federation and. We know fans will say it's the those make the statement that it's always a it's always a are always um it's us against them that means the wall against us but we know that's not been the case because we have seen penalties given for less because for example i think really real game they had a penalty where the player's hand was a supporting hand on the floor and the penalty was given but so it's like you see penalties given for lesser things and then you see other penalties i i don't want to call the referee's name because i don't want to be the person who like promotes it but a referee refuses a game he does not he has given this and then he refuses this one he doesn't give this which is exactly similar which is not exactly but similar and he refuses the next game and he gives again it shows in the inconsistency of penalties in la liga or sorry of refereeing in la liga and then you, there's also a lot of noise about the records in la liga because you have la liga is the league with the highest amount of record that's over a hundred records in la liga alone this season and if you want to compare to the others it's it's quite minimal because you have la liga with a hundred and twelve records and you have maybe like say you have league and closely behind them with 81 and then you have the premier and the others like for example the premier has 84 fewer records than la liga so that says a lot but actually i made a study or there's a referee account mr subio who posted that it's true that there's a lot of records in la liga and which is maybe mostly down to those quick yellows because La Liga Spanish referees are very card happy. But in the compared to the Premier League, the amount of injuries in the Premier League are smaller to that of sorry, the amount of injuries in La Liga are smaller to that of the Premier League. And not just injuries, but also the amount of money clubs have spent is on injuries is more than what La, La Liga clubs have spent. And also talking about severe injuries like season defining injuries since injuries for six months or 12 months it has been very severe like in the premier league we know they always talk about a physical game but this is painting the picture that yes the referees are protecting the player but we all know that there are some records especially for yellow cards that 
La Liga referees give without consideration because it's like they don't refill the, the game as humans. Because in my opinion, they refill like robots. Because if La Liga referees are refilling like that, therefore, I would just say, um, let them just allow robots because robots will just be blowing for everything and giving the cuts for everything. And maybe half a game end seven versus seven and the rest. But La Liga referees, well, I for one thing, they have been improving like in the game. Real Madrid, the referees did a very fine job, went to play the advantage when to break up the play, when to cut the player and the rest. So I think they are good referees in La Liga, but there's a lot of inconsistency and it's up to the Federation to take charge of this. But we know how Spanish football is. It's a lot of things going behind the scenes that we don't know and I don't want to speculate only on the podcast, but we know that Spanish football is a lot of bad history of corruption and the rest. And because those referees deserve to be punished. So I mean, enough of Spanish referees because we all know there are a lot of them who always refer badly against when doing analytical games. Um, we have now to go to the next, which is talking about the player of La Liga of the month of March, Antoine Griezmann. His new role in Aleti has been fantastic, and we are seeing a Griezmann who is affecting all areas of play. The eight in progression, eight in build up at times great chances in the final third. He's now scoring, which is fantastic because that was one of the issues before the World Cup. He had the chances, but he was not putting the ball at the back of the net. And now we also have a, that Griezmann, who is a workaholic, who does a lot for the team. I think in that thing, the game against in Sevilla, I think he played almost everywhere where he played as a left wing back, midfielder, an attacker. So, Amy, what's your opinion on Griezmann resurgence? And do you think this new role is good for him at this age of his career? Well, I think that uh, you pointed out uh, how he has been everywhere. I think that has always been the case with him in the in the recent years. He's a very smart player, so Simeone gives him the freedom to move as he wants. He hasn't done any that with any other player. That says a lot. A very, let's say, strict in terms of tactics. Uh, manager like Simeone giving him the absolute freedom to do what he thinks he has to do to move whatever he thinks he has to that talks about how uh, highly Simeone considers his football IQ and I think that he's the player that um, that is everywhere that his teammates are always looking for because they know that when he touches the ball he's going to improve the the possibilities Aleti will have to to make it somewhere offensively or in the build-up. I think that he is a player that uh, has, uh, especially when I was able to see him live recently when I went to Metropolitano to watch against Betis, I had the feeling that he's a player that plays in another, let's say... Pace. I felt that with very few players. Like he is different from the rest. Like he understands football to a speed no one else or very few else do. And I think that uh, the more uh, we can give him the ball, the more we will have chances to win. Um, I think this role fits him perfectly. Um, I think that um, it's great he has got back to scoring goals, but I think that even if he doesn't, he's still going to be the most important player in the team because what he adds is much more than goals. Many are talking about, well, he hasn't scored that many goals as he did uh, in 2015, 2016. But in my opinion, this version of himself is probably the best one I have seen in his career. I think that he is uh, dominating every department in the game, as I haven't seen any player do it uh, at this club. Well, uh, Amy, I'll agree on you on that 100%. Like you said, he's the key player for Aleti, and he's dominating everywhere on the game. And I think um, what you just said was backed by Cholo, that he will tell, uh, this is what Cholo said, it's not my words. He says, um, I will tell him to like 
be in this area of the piece so that we can find you there easily and then we can then create a chance to score a goal. But now Cholo say no, 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 that's not this man. He moves around the piece because he reads the game, he interprets the game, like you said, like no other, like few doors. So he's like you said, his IQ, his level of understanding football is very, very high. It's sad that he does not really consider management after playing football because he wants to be an agent and the rest. But like you said, he's a very special player. And we are seeing that because what I'm about to say now is no offense to Joao Felix. Very good player who is still young and his career is still ahead of him. But Griezmann is kind of having, I think, a similar freedom Felix had to the title winning season. But now with Griezmann, we have a player whose decision making is on another level as compared to that of Felix whose execution is on another level, level as compared to that of Felix, whose consistency is on another level as compared to that of Felix. No offense to Felix, I know he's still developing and he's still a young player. But now, like I tweeted some while ago and I got a little bit of season for it, what this man has at the team, Felix wants that. But the thing is, Felix cannot have that because he is not at the level of this man. The way they interpret the game, the way they execute the action. And from my opinion, this man earns that because of what he does without the ball and felix doesn't kind of do that very well like you said i'm happy he's back at the to be honest i was really skeptical of him coming back i was one of those who were saying well we have felix this guy is the face of the club we have korea we have players and we don't need this man very well he won the fans back because i was really hurt by what conspired for before his move to barcelona but he won us back and he's showing like he wants to be like you talked about um a player that that was him also talking about that the fact that the players who are here are the players who want to be here and lives like shot fire to some people who left in january and simona said something similar and like i said it's like everything surrounding ality at the moment is so good the atmosphere in the dressing room the vibe the thing gives you is very good to be honest i watched the Ryo game and i was really happy because you see, it's like you see a group of friends playing together on the pitch let me use chulo's words so um the last thing we Talk on before we go is second spot. Amy Aletia two points behind um rivals Real Madrid and um who are in the final of the Copa de Rey and are also focusing on the Champion League. We know in the Champion League they are a different beast, they are a different animal, but in La Liga is something else. So Amy, do you think Aleti can finish ahead of Real Madrid? Because I think it's a possibility given Aleti's fixtures towards the end of the season. I think the fixtures are very favorable. We have home games to Mallorca, home games to Almeria, which is very nice. And I think the only red flag maybe on Aleti's game is that of Barcelona, which I think we can beat them comfortably. But as for Real Madrid, it's not that easy because they have tough teams to play towards the end of the season. So how do you see finishing second important for Aleti and can Aleti do that? Well, as you say, um, I think uh, we will have our shot because Madrid is going to be focusing on the Champions League. They also have the Copa del Rey final and they have a tougher fixture than us. And also they don't have such a, uh, such a big uh, squad. They don't have that much depth. For example, if they are missing Benzema, they don't have a, another nine of a quality. You can say that, uh, I don't know, the case for Mar of Mariano, for example, that is a player that you when you see him starting, you don't expect him to make a huge difference. So. They have uh, two or three players offensively that make great, a great different, uh, difference. Maybe they have some sort of depth defensively as they have a player like Nacho that can perform anywhere in the defense. And then you have some aging players like the case of Benzema, like the case of Modric, like the case of Kroos. Um, so they got a very short squad in order to face all three competitions so i think that they are going to start rotating in the league because they are already already very far from barcelona so they are going to focus uh, in this copa del rey final and they are going to focus in the champions league that i personally think that they are going to get at least to the semi-final so they will have at least three more games there too so i think that we have our shot because we are playing great we are only in one competition so the uh, depth won't be an issue uh, I think physically the, the squad is looking very sharp. And um, I personally believe that if we keep on playing like we have played in the last 
five, six games. I, I personally think that we're going to make it to the second place. And it's always important, not just because of the money, it, may, it gives you a, a boost in the revenues uh, from the TV money to finish uh, second instead of third. But also in terms of uh, building the confidence uh, of the team for next season and always feels uh, great to finish above your rivals. It hasn't been that many seasons in history we have finished above Madrid, so it's always something that should be considered an achievement. Yeah, um, like you said, it's always great to finish above your rival. And another thing many, I think, non-La Liga fans or Spanish fans don't understand is finishing above Real is very, it's like, let me not say, it's very boosting of morale and also very good because I think in Spain, we all know the big two, Real Barcelona, Aistralitia are now the, in the big three. But you can see when teams play against Madrid and when they beat them, you get that enthusiasm. They are so happy because they know how tough it is to beat those guys. Right? Because we know how wealthy they are and the rest. I know some listeners say, ah, that guy is playing the wealthy game, but we know Aleti is not as rich as Real Madrid. And another benefit from finishing second will also be having a favorable Champions League draw, that means the pot you can be in and the rest, which would be great. So, Amy, um, I talked about Real Madrid having a tough run of fixtures to the end of the season, and to be to be honest, it's very, very tough because um, they are playing teams who are really fighting for things because you have them finishing the season against Athletic, who will obviously be fighting for a place in Europe, given they are, they are no more in the Copa del Rey. You have them playing against Sevilla, and we know Sevilla in the relegation battle, we have them playing against Valencia, Valencia also in the relegation battle, and then you have them playing against Real Sociedad, who are also fighting for a place in the top four, or you qualify for Europe next season. So it's really, really tough for them. And to be honest, I, like you said, them focusing on the Champions League implies they are going to obviously drop points because they don't have a very tough spot. An injury to, let's say, you talk about Benzema, even Vinicius could be very bad for that season. I'm not praying for that. Hopefully they stay fit and but injury for those key players will not be good for them because we all know how they work. Kutua saves, Vinicius creates, Benzema's course, and that's what has been happening recently. So it's not easy. We are going to fight and hopefully we can finish second. I know I said the last thing, but well, I mean, this is going to be the last for sure. How do you see the academy at this moment? Because I, for one, have been like a gospel speaking speaking like speaking like a gospel i believe that the academy is at its all-time best and with better management i believe we can see so many players in the first team in the next four to five years so how do you see the academy and how do you see the players coming up and who are the players you think can make it to the first team in the next four to five years if we know it's difficult to predict development of player we have seen in molejo but who are those you think have a good shot at making it if they continue in the the route they are taking. Um, well, I don't consider myself to be an specialist on the academy. I have been able to watch some Aletibe games this season and to watch Juvenila uh, in the youth league. So that's based on what I can judge and can give an opinion. I, I don't know if I would say this one is the all-time best moment of the academy. I think that's very debatable. We have had moments with great players. We have even had uh, the B team playing in Segunda for many years, so it's very debatable. But I just think uh, there is a good generation of players. You can see it by how many academy players are being called by the youth national teams. Uh, and I think that uh, if I had to mention a couple of players that I think that are going to have the chance to make it to the first team in the next couple of years, I would say Aitor Hismera, defensive midfielder that has played in the youth league and for the B team, I, my opinion is a very interesting player. I think he might have a shot, even more considering uh, that the club ain't making any big investments in that, in that position. It seems like they are always trying to cover it with some experienced player. So I think in the mid-term, let's say two or three years, he could have the chance to take that spot. 
I then think we have two very interesting forwards in Adrian Nino and Rarhani from the from the Juvenila. And uh, well, that, then I, there are a couple of players uh, the, uh, in the defense. I think that could also have a chance, like Costis, that has also played for Juvenila in the youth league and has recently been starting a lot for the B team. And then Javier Boñar is still younger, but I think in the future maybe could have a shot. He can play right center back. Uh, in a line of three, which is a system Simeone has used a lot in recent years. He can also play uh, in a back four as a right back. He's a player that has great skills uh, on the ball, although I think he has to work a, a little bit more on his positioning. And then um, I would also mention that maybe Iturbe could have a chance once Soblak isn't here anymore, hopefully it will be it will be for many more years. But we never know how, how longer he will stay. And I think maybe in three or four years, Iturbe would be ready to take the goalkeeper spot at the club. Well, um, you mentioned some really good names there, and one of my favorite is this this Mera, and I've been working a little like a tread on him and. Well, I think he can as well make it to the first thing, given what he offers. And I can recall last season's U League, the way he kind of went under the radar, radar playing next to um, the guy who just made it to the first team. Uh, mad. Well, um, <laughs> playing next to Barrios, yes, oh, finally. Um, but he's really, really good, good skill. and. I think he can make it, and Javi Bonnet is another one I have high hopes on, and hopefully the club can come out with a strategy or a model to kind of integrate these players into the first team, because we know it's not easy for the players and also for the club, given this, what the club fights for, Champions League, and playing in La Liga to win La Liga, so it's not easy for them to have maybe game times, but one never knows, and hopefully they can be incorporated into the first team. So, Amy, it's been great chatting with you on this show, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to you, it's always a pleasure to be here uh, and to be a part of this podcast I always enjoy listening to. I would like to also apologize for my English if it is an issue for any of the people listening to this. I haven't been practicing in quite a while, so I didn't feel so comfortable expressing myself in English, but I made, I did my best to, to make myself understood, so hope, hopefully it was right. Well, I think the listeners are going to really, really understand your English because, well, for a Spanish, a Spanish, a born Spanish, a native Spanish speaker, your English is very good. So I think they are going to understand. Well, as the other hand, mine has improved, and I can see I'm speaking so well. So I think your English is perfect as compared to my Spanish. So basically, some of the only words I may know in Spanish is "nunca de has the cream." <laughs> Very well, you can express yourself in English very well. So, um, looking forward to have you on future episodes because you're very knowledgeable guy, and not just about a little bit about football as well. And it's also been great for what you have contributed to the podcast by always being available for an episode. So, thank you very much for that. Thanks to you. Also, thank you, dear listeners, and remember. Nunca deja de creer, never stop believing. See you next time.